Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas and M, and your source for the latest news and notes on the World Cup 2022. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me this evening, Jacob Terrell, only at the full house, guys. It's been a minute since we've all been here. We had intended to do some shows over the weekend throughout the quarterfinals, but, you know, life and things and whatnot, <laughs> you know, as we've explained many times before, you know, we, we are busy, busy guys. Earl is, of course, living the uh, the midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Earl is back. He's got he's got the five o'clock shadow going on, um, you know. So, and Earl, I do apologize. I cut you off as I was setting things up to go live here. You were saying something. I'm not entirely sure what you were going to say. So, would you like to finish your thought before we jump into the show? No. <laughs> okay then. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. That's why. <laughs> and the Earl fan clubs over in the chat this evening. Already, Robert. Already. Yeah. Look at that. Minute one, Robert is in the chat, ready to go. Guys, it, the, the quarterfinals are in the books. It's been and no, no really, round of 16 is in the books. Round of 16, yes. Quarterfinal matchups are set. The, the, round, the quarterfinals are set. Round 16 is done. It was a rather boring weekend. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, we, we were talking about this off here. We talked about it a little bit in our group chat. And the one match that we were – I, Jacob, you and I both had matches that we were invested in. We talked about them last week, ones that we really want to keep our eye on. Obviously, we're looking at U.S.-Netherlands. That did not go the way that we wanted it to, obviously. Um, you were talking about Morocco, potentially. You had Morocco coming out of this matchup with Spain. I said it could happen. I would not be surprised because Spain had not been. I, I still had Spain as the winner of this. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, all around, like, it just – the weekend kind of fell flat outside of the Morocco match, was there anything that stood out as like a surprise to you guys? Just like over, overall, like. I think, I think the lack of close matches slash upsets or even like close upsets, like maybe upsets uh, surprised me quite a bit because of just how kind of crazy this tournament group stage was. Mm -hmm. I thought we would get a little bit of that carried over. You know, I, I think, um, other than Morocco and Croatia, all the one seeds coming out of their group won. Um, Morocco was the one seed coming out of F. Were they? Yeah, they were the they were number one out of, coming out of F. Oh, that's right. Croatia was number two. That's right. So Croatia yeah. was the only two seed uh, that that ended up winning their their round of sixteen matchup. And I mean, it's not. I guess you look at it, even the group stage, you look at it and it's like, okay, well, the one seeds were France, England, Netherlands, uh, Argentina, Brazil, Morocco was the only really surprise there, and Japan was the Japan. only really surprise yeah. there. Um, so it's like, okay, well, I guess, I guess the group stage might not have been as crazy as we thought it was. It just, there were times when it felt really crazy, but at the end of the day, the cream rose to the top and I thought maybe we'd see a little bit of a shakeup there in the round of 16, but uh, other than Japan and Croatia, I know Japan was the one seed in their group, but um, Croatia, I think probably was the favorite going into that. I didn't check betting lines going into it. And then Morocco, we just kind of saw all chalk and it wasn't even like close chalk. We had a, a four, one, a six, one, a three, one and a three nil. Three now, yeah, um, and then a three-one for Netherlands, and the only other one that was kind of close was Argentina. But that was that was a that was the the cause that was an own goal. 
in the last 10 minutes of the match. So the I mean, Argentina one. Yeah. The Argentina Australia. Yeah. But Australia pushed still like they uh, did Australia, like going into the last 10 minutes of that match. I felt like we had Australia had a chance to pull it off still. And, you know, they had a couple of close chances there at the end yeah. uh, to tie it up and they didn't, they didn't quite capitalize obviously, but I, I thought it, it, uh, it was at least, you know, in doubt in the final 10 minutes, yeah. whereas, you know, Netherlands, France, England, Brazil, and Portugal were all just romps, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, Spain had a chance there at the death to end that in, in extra time, and and uh, Morocco had a inches, couple yeah. inches away. Morocco had a couple chances. They didn't lead to a shot somehow, yeah. but the, he they had two breakaways that uh, I can't number twenty one. Can't remember what his name was, but he, I mean, he had a chance to put it away. Uh, but never even got a shot off. And and if that's somebody, I feel like if that's somebody that's a little bit higher quality, then then they find a way to at least get a shot off and uh, try to find the back of the net. So, that, I mean, that was a fun game. I know it was a nil-nil all through extra time, but yeah. I, I thought it was still a fun game. Yeah, no, it was. You know, and looking around, you mentioned the, the finals from some, from these other matches. You know, Portugal advanced six one. I mean, I, I we talked about this before we were on there. I basically flipped flip this one off at two nil. Um, Portugal finally woke up. They did something, and Ronaldo had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, France obviously romped to their win over Poland. Pretty easy match there. Possibly Lewandowski's last World Cup. Um, you know, so disappointing for him on in that respect. But I mean, France looked really good. They looked like France. They they created chances. They looked really dangerous um, i'm telling you i'm feeling pretty good about how i predicted this tournament uh france and mbappe uh, i had as the winner and the golden boot and the, yeah. and right now they're they're i mean i i i do really hope we get france and brazil mm-hmm. or france and argentina uh with messi and mbappe you know both playing for psg not i don't think their relationship is too great um going up against each other for a world cup that'd be fun but but yeah, it's it. I, I wish there was a little more chaos. I hope Morocco can go ahead and beat Portugal and at least have, you know, one kind of oddball in the in the final four. Because other than that, I mean, it's going to be fairly chalk and and kind of boring as far as the final four yeah. is concerned. No matter who else gets there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, and obviously, England's advancing. You're watching that match, Senegal, and this we we talked about. And I felt like Senegal could could throw something at England, and they did early on. Mm-hmm. Senegal looked looked good early on. They had some attacking opportunities, and they gave England basically a run there for probably you know first, I'd say 15, 30 minutes, and then England is England, of course. And you know, I mean, they turned it on and dominated the rest of the match. Walked away with a three 0 win. Well, and um, and it was it was kind of reminded me of the U.S. game, which we'll get to here in a minute. Yeah, you know, if if Morocco or not Morocco, if Senegal could have got to halftime at nil nil. Um, which they were like seven minutes away from um, mm-hmm. seven plus stoppage time away from doing. Uh, you'd have thought they'd had a really good chance to come out of there with something, uh, but then they give up the one goal, and then the second one right before, and then the second one in stoppage time was yeah. was very similar to the second one in in the U.S. match, where it's like, hey, we can get to halftime at at one nil, you know, we can we might have a chance at this, we'll we'll make a go of it, and then and then you give up a late goal like that, and it's just just backbreaking and and from then on it was it was all england 
Yeah, I know it was. I mean, England showed, you know, that they are one of the top, you know, clubs in, in here. And, you know, looking at the Earl, looking at the other side of the bracket, I mean, we'll get to the U.S. here in, in just a little bit because um, that's going to be the, the big topic this evening. Uh, I mean, Brazil, South Korea, did anything stand out to you in this one? Oh, I was muted the entire time. Okay. Yes, you were. Well, yeah, because your phone kept going off. And then when you were texting, it was all so I had to mute you. Oh, it sounded something like this then? I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, Brazil, what stood out? What stood out? The fact that Brazil actually. God damn it, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get fired, Earl. Silence your phone. <laughs> it was silenced. Obviously not. If the text keys are on, it's not silenced. That was Fox Sports. <laughs> That was. I'm pretty sure red means loud, doesn't it? No. 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 Okay. My phone's always on silent. So Earl, Brazil. Brazil. Right. Um, I digress. I think what stood out was Brazil actually looked deadly. Um, Especially against a weaker team, uh, South Korea. Um, I don't even know what the score was. Four, uh, four, one, four, one. Okay. At the end of it. Yeah. it was four, um, nothing yeah. halftime, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the fact that they did look look deadly and dangerous. Um, and you're right. I want to see Brazil and France, and France in the final. Yeah, Brazil looked absolutely filthy on some of the stuff they were doing today. I mean, the, the, these last couple matches, like they've done some things that just just absolutely incredible you know you, you see richarlison's goal there in the first game you see the goal here against south korea you see neymar uh you know juggling the ball over people like <laughs> brazil's just filthy like they they really are and the despite only, the the injuries that they've had like they've really looked strong the only thing about brazil that i'll say is that looking at the group that they had and then this first match i mean i think south korea I probably would have had South Korea bottom, bottom two or three of their sixteen that were remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they kind of barely squeaked by uh, in their group to to advance, and then and then you look at the group that that Brazil had. I mean, Switzerland and Serbia weren't exactly world beaters, um, and so and I can't even remember who else was in there. Cameroon, Cameroon um, yeah. you know, none of those teams are. are are near the quality that they're that one some of these other teams have faced, and two, uh, what they're gonna what Brazil is gonna face going forward. So I'm really interested to see how they how they fare against Croatia with a team that actually has the midfield, has a midfield, an aging. Croatia. It is, <laughs> it is, but they, they still have midfield talent. Yeah, they, they still do. have. It's still probably the best competition that. Um, Brazil will have faced in this tournament. So I, I don't expect Croatia to beat Brazil by any means, but I also don't expect it to be four nil at halftime. Um, and having the, the cha-cha slide with the manager. Uh, I don't expect that to happen. I do. Yeah. That, that was fantastic. Seeing him uh, do, dancing with the players. And I mean, do you, I mean, okay. I know this has been a topic. Do you have an issue with the celebrations? 
Uh, no, it's okay. I. The people that have I don't know who has problems with celebrations other than curmudgeons. Yeah. Uh, do you guys know what a curmudgeon is? Like, have you heard this word? Seth is a curmudgeon. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I think I've said it before. Actually, yes, yeah, you both okay. probably have. So I was talking to a 28 year old that works at Oasis, and I said, "Oh, yeah, he's just a curmudgeon," and she looked at me. Like I just spoke gibberish and made up a word. And I was like, no, it's a real word. Look it up. <laughs> yes. No. <clears throat> but like people, people that don't want goal celebrations in soccer, don't want touchdown celebrations in football. I just will never understand it because they're, they're just joy, especially these Brazil ones. I mean, they're having fun, man. Yeah. I mean, well, that whole second half was just a pickup game for them. Yeah. Like they were just doing whatever the hell they wanted. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was so much fun to see. And I don't know if we've talked about this before, Jacob, but uh, is Richarlison worth the price tag that uh, Hot Spurs pay for him? Uh, no, not until he actually plays for Tottenham. I mean, <laughs> he's looked he's looked fantastic in this World Cup, but he yeah. he looked good until he got hurt, and then he got hurt, and we didn't see him until we won't see him until Christmas. So, which is uh, two weeks away, by the way. I know. But if he can if he can come out of this World Cup and and continue this performance that he's been doing, um, then yeah, I, I think he will be. But but uh, until he actually plays, I, I can't necessarily say. I do like that he's not on Everton anymore. So that every good thing that you ever had at Everton is just gone. I I wish we could have held out for a little bit more until until after the World Cup. You know, maybe get him for two hundred million instead. But um, so quick question as far as that goes. Who do you pull out of the of the Tottenham lineup to put Richarlison in? Do you bench Kane, Son? Oh no, no. So where do you put him? I well, we we don't know because Kulisevsky has been hurt, Richarlison has been hurt, Son has been hurt, so we haven't really had all of our guys healthy. And when we did, he was coming off the bench. Yeah, but he looked fantastic coming off the bench, so I kind of like that for him. <laughs> Um, cause I mean, Kane is, is the face of Tottenham. Mm-hmm. San is the fan favorite, like by far. And then Kulisevsky has probably been our most consistent and best player on the other wing. So I don't know what we do, but I can tell you this. It's a pretty good problem to have. I'd rather have that problem than not having enough. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's it's a, a wealth of riches right now for for Tottenham. You know, obviously, you know, Richarlison has been looking good. You know, he's going to look good coming off the bench for you guys. We're starting where the case may be. Either way, he looks better than Ronaldo coming off the bench. I mean, I would look better than Ronaldo coming off the bench. <laughs> but um, I mean, Earl, looking at these other matches, Argentina. Uh, this was a club that we, you know, a team that we were looking at as being potentially, you know, ousted early on um, slow starts that didn't necessarily look great. You know, Messi's obviously gotten on the board a couple of times now. I mean, does Argentina get past Netherlands? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know actually, because I thought the U S would get past Netherlands too. Yeah. So <laughs> Argentina is not the U S though. I am also done making any kind of prediction on any World Cup game or match because of today. I'm officially done. What happened today? Spain. Or lost the bet with somebody? That's that's one match. Seth got yeah. it wrong too. You don't see him quitting. No, I, I'm just done giving. Uh, giving 
I, I literally <laughs> did that today, actually. At least I didn't have Spain winning. So yeah, I lost I lost 10 bucks on that game. So hmm. I know I so so I know we don't like him, but uh Vagina Plaster. Um sucks. He actually had a tweet earlier uh yesterday that Morocco was plus six hundred to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, said, should he should he put some money on? It? And I actually had a conversation with him, and I said, hey, I would definitely do that. And he he had he had some money on him to win, and he had some money on him to draw. So he ended up winning, uh, basically three one uh, three to Hold one on. money on it. Time out. Yeah. Time out. How did he have money on them to draw? You can also bet uh, a draw bet for it to be tied at the end of regulation, um, because. Because much like the most of the world should view, a penalty win is not a win. It's a draw, and then you advance through with penalties. Yeah. So so that's how you can bet the draw there, too. And so he, he did win money on Morocco, which I was happy for him, even though... You know what we need? Person. We need a sports book in New Mexico. We have sports books. I, and and every one that's casino, easily accessible. Every casino has... Almost every casino has a sports book. Yeah. The problem is, is that it's still illegal to bet on FanDuel and and yeah. stuff like that. You can do which is stupid. I saw Andrew Bolte, um diehard uh unit or United fan, soccer fan in general, soul fan when they were here. Um he had a tweet that said how stupid it was that we could we could play like daily fantasy, which is essentially a form of gambling. Yeah. I mean, instead of just gambling on a team outcome, you're gambling on player outcomes, but it's a form of gambling. And we can do that in New Mexico through FanDuel and DraftKings and all this. But we can't bet, you know, Tampa Bay to beat New Orleans on Monday night. It's yeah. it's very stupid, very very stupid. Yep, I agree. So uh, yeah, I mean, there could have been some really interesting bets uh, here for the for the World Cup. Uh, maybe one of these days the state will wise up. I'm, well, me and Earl will be in in Albuquerque on on uh, Thursday. Um, I might drag us to a casino to make a sports bet or two on the quarterfinals. Ah, there you go. Uh, so the big match, the one that, uh, well, before you get to the U.S., I do want to bring up one other topic. I mean. Yes, I had to look on, if my wife was around. What is going on with, with kicks from the mark? Why are, is it the, is it the keepers? Is it, is it the takes? I mean, we looked at, you You look at the, the Japan-Croatia one, and that was just horrendous takes. So, so to me, there are two different things. I think the Spain kicks were better quality, not great quality. Don't get me wrong but better quality and the Morocco goalkeeper stepped up the Japan ones. They were just, I mean, terrible. Yeah. They, they seemed way more focused on making sure they put it on frame than delivering with any power. Mm-hmm. And they basically passed it to a keeper every time. Yeah. It was just terrible. The, 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 the ones that were getting saved, they were just right down the middle. Basically there was no, threat there for the keeper and then it, it's just and, and i saw several things that said you know japan is a very technically sound side and like they just could not find the net with these penalties and it was just like really shocking to a lot of people yeah. so and then today obviously in morocco and their shootout with spain i don't know what spain was doing i mean that morocco keeper made some pretty good saves but yeah spain's weren't japan's though like spain's weren't like they looked like they had confidence going up, mm-hmm. and Japan did not. Japan was like, "Oh, we're we're screwed," basically from the get go. Whereas Spain was like, "Okay, 
I'm going to deliver this where I want to deliver it. And I think for the most part, they did just the keeper guessed right and, and made plays on it. I mean, they weren't perfect penalties because obviously a perfect penalty beats perfect goalkeeping every time. Yeah. Because there's just not a way a goalkeeper can cover all of the net. But, uh, I mean, it just... And ironically, the worst penalty that I saw might have been a Croatia player. <laughs> yeah. Because that one where he just like... Can't, like he was walking through the park and just saw a soccer ball and went to go kick it and like <laughs> had no run up, no nothing. And then he hit the post and it's like, yeah. well, yeah, I, I don't know what you expected there, but, but now I, I think I, I, I was really excited when the Morocco Spain one started. I was like, Oh, there's going to be drama finally. And then yeah. make miss, make miss, make miss. Make yep. miss. The only drama like, really? that came out of this uh, Morocco Spain match was the fact that, one Morocco player pushed down the other one. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was so mad at that, though. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, I I, I laughed. I did I, have to laugh at that. When it first happened, I was like, did he just tackle his own guy off the ball? Yeah. <laughs> and then they showed the replay, and he tackled his own guy off the ball. Yeah. I was like, oh, my. Okay. He well, literally Derek Henryed him. It wasn't that bad. It was just as bad. It, it was funny though. I did appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, there really wasn't a lot of drama. I mean, it, you kind of expect at this point the matches to be fairly even in terms of the outcome. Uh, you don't expect you know the six-one score lines and things like that. Like, I, I don't know, a bit of an, an anomaly this year. I think I did see a tweet and it did uh, ring very true to me that it, this was this round of sixteen was definitely. Uh, Hey, uh, do we really need 48 teams in the World Cup? Like, it's it's kind of clear that there's like maybe 10 that <laughs> deserve to to be at the World Cup most years that actually like have a chance at winning. Yeah. And so do we really need to dilute it with 48? And then another sad thing, and I saw tweets about this, was, you know, that last day of every group stage, or the last day of every group, you know, when both teams kicked off at the same time, you know, we had the South Korean players huddled around looking at phones. Their fans all had the phones up in the stands. Like with the three team groups that are slated to hit in 2026, if there's three teams, you can't have two games going on at the same time because there's yeah. not enough teams in that group. So you're not going to get that, you know, oh, we need this to happen. Like, what's going to, I don't know. You don't know, get no, the emotion no. of it. Yeah. And so. Between that and then this round of 16 and the domination from, you know, seven of the or six of the eight matches, maybe maybe five of the eight matches, if you want to include Argentina, Australia being like kind of in the balance there. Um, you know, that that that's it's a pretty detrimental argument for 48 teams. Yeah, I actually read something yesterday. Maybe it was today um, saying that there's potential that they won't do the three team groups in, in 2026. So God, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not either, but you know, reading up on the 2026, it, obviously it's expanding to 48 nations, um, bigger field, a lot more matches. Then you run into, uh, and so I was, I was doing some research looking at, you know, figuring out since the, since it was a United bid from the three nations, apparently all three are going to get a bid. All yeah. three are going to get automatically qualified. There will be six CONCACAF teams, and that's 2026. Do we need six? Con are there six CONCACAF teams good enough? 
uh, there, there wasn't one this year. So, I mean, yeah, it's, but so when you expand to like, if it's a 48 team field, getting six in there sounds crazy. And it is, I mean, it is a little crazy, but at the end of the day, you know, going from 32 to 48 and adding 16 more teams, all 16 of those teams are going to be mediocre at best. Uh, you look at this one, I mean, credit to Saudi Arabia for winning a match against Argentina. But after that, they didn't even get out of the group because yeah. they were mediocre at best. You look at um, a soccer team, a soccer yeah. country. So looking at the standings from CONCACAF, uh, obviously Canada, Mexico, USA, and Costa Rica, it also would have included Panama Jamaica. and Jamaica. Yeah. Like I mean, Jamaica really. would be a fun team to see in there. I yeah, mean, they would. They're not super talented, but they 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 have a, a good attitude and, and fun to watch. Um, like cool runnings. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, I think this World Cup definitely proved to me that forty eight is is not uh, not what we need. But hey, next time it's gonna be ninety six. So no, no. <laughs> it's um, it just could, like you know. a tournament for all. Yeah, exactly. Just throw just, every nation in there. Yugoslavia's over there. Yeah, you know, have, eight, have four teams eight, playing at once, all on the same. Eight pitch. guys on the yeah. It's like it's like Chinese checkers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just seven goals. Yeah, you know. Hey, you know what, FIFA? If you're listening, we'll, we'll be happy to throw some ideas your way. You know, improve the World Cup once you expand to 96 teams. So, did y'all yeah. ever watch uh, Big Bang Theory? Yes, the 3D chess. Yeah, yeah. Just see like that, like just fields stacked on top of fields, laid sideways, <laughs> and you can score on any goal and, and craziness. Craziness. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely would be. So, I mean, yeah, the the big topic, the big thing. Well, that's gonna US. do it for us, guys. <laughs> yeah, <I'm out>. um, <laughs> guys, guys. Until next week, guys. Almost need us. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until tomorrow. <laughs> um, no, I mean, um, Earl, yeah. You're in the group chat, and he mentioned it off air. Tomorrow night is a United podcast. <clears throat> Earl's too busy. Earl's choking. Yeah. Deal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Netherlands, US. I mean, obviously, we all had US advancing out of this. You know, head and heart all said US. We thought we saw enough out of them. Yeah, my head didn't necessarily say it. Right. My heart did. <laughs> I mean, Netherlands they pick up a three-one win, advance over the US. And I mean Earl, let's start with you. How big of a disappointment is this? On a scale of 1 to 10, Earl. On a scale of 1 to 10, how disappointed am I in this? Uh, zero. Because okay. I've learned to expect oh, disappointment. Earl's a Cowboys <laughs> fan. We forget that. Exactly. Forget I'm also a United fan. So That's fair. That's fair. And, this, and this US team was united in red, white, and blue. Yeah, exactly. So my motto for the past month and a half is expect disappointment and you'll never be disappointed. Fair. Fair, All right, fair enough. I mean, I mean, Jacob, looking at this match, I mean, <clears throat> and, and really looking at the, the US run as a whole here, I, I think there are some good things, but I think it, this also highlights that there's still a very much a need, several needs going forward into 2026. Now, obviously, we don't have to worry about qualifying, but I would like to see something from this club during right. the process. Mm-hmm. What to you is the biggest need for this club heading into this next cycle? Why can't you ask me that question? 
the fuck? <laughs> Don't worry, Earl. We'll get to you. I would say experience. Okay. Um, you know, our midfield was 23, 24, and 20. Um, and we only had one player on this team that has ever played in a World Cup. Uh, and he saw, I think, I think he saw the field in two of the four matches um, mm-hmm. coming on as sub. So it's not... It's not, uh, I mean, obviously the back line is going to be a question. Um, you know, Tim Ream is 35 and probably won't be our starting center back for, for 2026. I, I would hope, hope not, not anyways. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Chris Richards, uh, Aaron Long, got to see some development there. Um, maybe Cameron Carter Vickers. Miles uh, Robinson will be healthy. Yeah, Robinson. Uh, Zimmerman, I think, had a, had a pretty disappointing World Cup, so... And he was somebody that I think was penciled into most people's starting lineups going into this World Cup. And now I don't think you can say that for 2026. Uh, so the back line's definitely going to need some adjustment. I think our midfield with Musa, McKinney, and Adams, as long as they're healthy in 2026, is is going to be outstanding. And our forwards, we've got other than nine. And we'll get to that position in a minute. But, you know, we've got Pulisic and Reyna and Aronson and Weah. Um, Sargent, I think, is going to be up there. Uh, then, then we need somebody that's going to come in. It, it could be Sergeant. Um, I hope it's Sergeant. To be completely honest with you, I, I was really impressed with him when he was in that uh, Iran match. And so, um, but but yeah, the back line's going to need some fine tuning. The the nine spot obviously could use somebody to step up and just kind of grab it by the balls and say this is mine. Um, but other than that, I, I I really do think experience is just what this team needs. I, uh, we. Saw a tweet that Copa America was basically all but done. Uh, so in 2024, um, if we can get into the Copa America tournament where it's actually like, you know, Brazil, Argentina, um, some of these Ecuador, you know, some of these bigger names down in there uh, instead of just playing in Gold Cup and Nations League, and which I think is valuable in some ways, especially for like qualifying when in the years that we have to qualify like playing that gold cup against that competition that you're going to be fighting for qualification. I think it does have some merit to it, but, uh, but we definitely saw a, a pretty wide chasm between us and, you know, the 10 or so teams that I said, uh, should be at every world cup, you know, the Francis, the Spains, the not Spain, sorry. Uh, the Francis, the England's, uh, the Argentina's, the Brazil's, even the Netherlands for that matter. Um, and so, so we definitely saw a chasm there. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to say coaching. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up here in a little bit, but uh, I don't think that's the top of the list for me. I think it's just sharing the field with some of these better quality clubs and and seeing that kind of level up close and and seeing how we measure up with it before the World Cup instead of getting to the knockout round of the World Cup and being like, oh yeah, this is what real soccer is. Earl, you've been pretty critical of Greg Berhalter uh, during the course of the World Cup. Um, is that at the top of your list? Does Berhalter need to go, or is there another? Are, or are there other areas that need more attention before Berhalter? I'm okay. Um, you good? I put this one right over down the middle of the plate. Let's see what he does with it. I'm nervous. <laughs> All right. Hold on. I'm crying for a minute. Um, we know you love Berhalter that much. So, 
Where do I start? Where do I start? So, no, Burhalter does not need to go. What? Wow. Okay. <laughs> what changed? Earl so, with the fucking curveball. This so, is like this is like him coming on and being like, "Hey guys, uh, Juan Pablo Guzman, actually pretty good." <laughs> so that's what I feel right now. Yeah. That's how shocked I am. Here's where I'm at with Burhalter and the whole Greg out thing, whatever the hell's going on now. Um, it's fucking United. It's it is exactly United to me. But I digress. Go ahead, Earl. Sorry. All right. So. <laughs> So when I first called for Brain Farter's head at the time. You can't say keep him and then call him Brain Farter. No, no, no. I meant to do the air quotes. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. Um, that was inappropriate, Earl. <laughs> that was immature, Earl. <laughs> that was, I don't know what that, what Earl that was, to be honest. Um... Because then I thought about it afterwards, later on, and realized that he doesn't have crazy experience like some of these France teams, uh, head or managers, or Brazil managers. I mean, those ones have all the experience. They have all the talent. Um, he also had to coach a super, super young team with almost no... If any World Cup experience, I don't think any of them had World Cup experience. Maybe one or two. One, one, did. one guy. Yeah. I literally said that five minutes ago. I also just choked like five minutes ago. So it's before you choked. There's some oxygen that left my brain. Um. So yeah, no, I'm not on the whole. Burhalter needs to change. Is the change that needs to be done. What I am on is the fact that we need exactly like Jacob said, we need more experience. We need we need a striker. I mean, it's it was very obvious that Ballistic can't do it all. As Captain America as he is, he still can't do it all. I mean, he took one shot and pretty much tore his freaking leg out of his hip. So no that's the thing is Burhalter, yeah, he needs more time. Um, obviously, if he doesn't do anything for the World Cup here in America or in North America, um, then maybe start looking at someone else. Um, cue the Landon Donovan calls. <laughs> um, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> you would have better luck calling me than Landon Donovan. Which my phone is available if you get if the men's national team does want to call me. <laughs> um, five seven five three 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 Earl. There you go. Text Earl. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, Earl, is there anyone that was left off of this roster that you felt like could have made an an impact? Not off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Jake, what about you? I mean, obviously, you know, Ricardo Pepe is a name that got tossed around a lot. People were, were shocked that he wasn't included. Could Pepe have made a difference, or do you think he's too young, too inexperienced? So he, I don't think he would have made a difference, no. Um, the people that were calling for Pepe and saying he would have changed things uh, are high, I think. Are you fucking high? Are you fucking um, high? To quote a buddy of ours. Um, 
Oh, Jeff Caldwell, enjoy your retirement. I haven't seen that announcement yet. Have you? It's, it's out. Is it okay? I, anyways, um, he he wouldn't have come in and he we saw him in the Bundesliga struggling to score anything to to do anything in the Bundesliga. So yes, he transfers out on loan, I believe. Um, and and yeah, he he is scoring goals there, but. I don't, I don't think you come in. I can't even remember where he's at. Poland, maybe. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. I can't. I can't remember. Um, FC Groningen. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything you. to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's Earl. There's the good timing. Laugh, 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 Earl. What what league is that? That is. Is there on loan from Augsburg? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, looking, looking, looking. Sorry. All right, good talk. And now we can carry on. Anyways, it, it's not it's not the Bundesliga, and it's not. It's, oh, that's the Eredivisie. <clears throat> the who? Uh, the Dutch league. Dutch. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. That's what the joke okay, is. Okay, that. Anyways. <laughs> well, most people know Eredivisie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But two out of the three on this podcast do not. Okay. So anyways, um, yes, he's, he's scoring there, but that's not the world cup. That's not Bundesliga. That's not, you know, against some of these teams that we, like we played, he, he might've had good luck against Iran. Uh, maybe Wales might've, might've been able to perform a little bit there, but the England match and this Netherlands match, I don't think he's the difference maker that, that some people are saying. I will say that there's an argument that we should have brought him because he is a pretty good candidate to be our number nine in 2026, and he could have used the experience in the World Cup. So if you want to argue that, I will listen. But if you want to argue that we should have brought him because he would have changed the outcome of this tournament, I disagree. You want to argue that Burhalter shouldn't have been here because a better coach would have taken us farther in this tournament? I disagree. This The, the quarterfinal was probably the ceiling for this team. And getting out of the group was probably, you know, not the floor. Like the floor probably could have been finishing last in the group. Oh yeah. Um, but but I think getting out of the group, making it to this round of sixteen, and then you know, I mean, we we looked good the first ten minutes or so. Um, Netherlands got that goal, kind of put a damper on it. Uh, then we started to find our groove again. So it was a three-one scoreline and. Yes, it at the end of the day wasn't super dramatic. I mean, we did score one. I mean that that uh that Haji Wright goal was something else. Uh if he meant to do it, if he came out and said he meant to do it, I would I would believe him. I'd give him the benefit of the doubt and say incredible then. Uh but I don't think that's what's gonna happen there. Um, you know, that pulls us within one at the time. And, you know, maybe, maybe I, I started to believe just a little bit and then they scored the third goal backbreaking. Um, but it, it's nothing was really going to get us farther than what we did, in my opinion. And so to me, just the experience was worth it. And, and hopefully going into 2026, that that experience can carry over and, and give us a little more confidence going into to the, you know, the, the World Cup that's on home soil. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, 2026 is still, you know, four years away. Um, a lot could change between now and then. You know, maybe, you know, maybe with your coaching change, maybe bringing some more talent. You know, I, I mean, whoever's in charge of this club in the next four years is going to have to seriously look at who we have, who we have coming up. Who do we have that's available and ready to step in? And one of the criticisms of Burhalter was that. Um, over the the qualifying cycle, like not enough guys were getting calls, not enough guys were getting opportunities to, to show what they can do on an international level. And so I, I think maybe the next two years, 2023, 2024, you know, really like bring guys in and give them opportunities to play and get international experience. And then from there, start to look at the last two years heading into heading into the 2026 and really drilling down like who's yeah. going to be on that roster. I, I look at that though, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could kind of hold that against him a little bit, but this four year cycle also had like a year and a half of fucking chaos because of COVID. Yeah. And then, so you're going into World Cup qualifying, you know, having had limited camps or no camps, and it just was just kind of he- hectic, you know, and you want to qualify. Like, Berhalter wasn't going to come in here and bring in guys that he wasn't sure, uh, you know exactly how to utilize them or what to do with them or or how they would perform when you know if he didn't qualify you know he wasn't going to get you know you know his career was over as the men's national team coach yeah um so he he had to qualify that was that was point number one i mean you look at 2018 not qualifying and basically having burhalter come in and start from scratch you know and then have a pandemic in the middle of that and then qualify get out of the group pretty easily um, you know, I, I just don't, you can criticize them for little things, but it really does remind me of United. Like it, it really, really does remind me of the Troy out, uh, Prince out to an extent, but you know, specifically Troy out movement where it was like, yeah, um, we're brand new. Like we we're a baby team, uh, that started right before the pandemic and then lived through a pandemic. That's you can say a lot of similarities between that and and the U.S. coach and the and the and the men's team, anyways, and and see that you know maybe maybe Berhalter is out is the right choice, but maybe it's not. I'm not. Mm. I don't see how anybody could be like he's got to stay or he's got to go uh, in this situation to me, cause it's, it's not black and white like that. It's, it's definitely, you know, you definitely have to consider who else would be available to come in and coach. Would they fit with the players that we have? You know, yes, Earl, you definitely could. Um, and so it, it just kind of, to me is jumping the gun when you were, when everybody was like, Oh, Berhalter out like 20 seconds after the match was over. Hey, Hello, David, David Carl. How you doing this evening, buddy? Appreciate the uh, the announcement this morning, Austin Yearwood. We'll get to that tomorrow night. But uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you are enjoying the World Cup. Um, but I mean, before we, I know we're kind of coming to the end of the the show here. Um, I thought this was gonna be a short show. It is. We're only forty minutes in. Yeah, this is this is fairly short for us. So I mean, tomorrow with, with the three of us. At, uh, with three of us, it always tends to go a little bit longer. Tomorrow we have two bits of news, unless David Carl has something he wants to leak to us. We're listening, David. We're here yeah. with you wanna, my ear. Uh, let us know another returning player or something yeah. like that uh, tomorrow morning, maybe? Maybe. maybe, maybe. Uh, there you go. 
That <laughs> I could see that argument. If you come at me with that argument, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you might have a point there. So I appreciate yeah. that. And maybe we get an announcement about uh, Alex Tambakas tomorrow coming back. Yeah, Tambakas or uh, you know, uh, Ronaldo coming over here. Or... No, he's got nah, would... million over his Saudi. I know Saudi Arabia just opened up and wrote him a blank check, basically, because yeah. the Saudi Arabians are crazy. Yep. Thursday. Um, he says Thursday. Thursday. All right. There you go, guys. Breaking that news. That doesn't help us for tomorrow, though. Announcement on Thursday for New Mexico United. Um, so speaking of 2026, I we've kind of sort of hinted at it just a little bit. Is there a chance that Samuel Moss is going to the 2026 World Cup? There is a 100% chance that one of them is at least. (laughs) At least two, because I, I, unless I get killed by then, I do plan on being there. Okay. Me and my buddy Will were talking about it the other day, and we were like, okay, let's, we have to go to, I don't know about a U.S. match, because I imagine those prices are going to be flipping stupid. It'll be interesting. A quality seat. Um, and then we have to see where they play because if they're playing like the Chicago one, not Chicago, sorry, if they're playing over on the east side on the east coast, might not make it out there for that. But well, if they if they play in Atlanta, you've got a place to stay. I do, but there, I mean, that will be four of us. Hey, my if mom's go. got room, my, okay. my parents have room. <laughs> so, so here's what we do we just go there for like three days, yeah. catch three matches or as many matches as we can. Do live pods from there. Um, I'm down, and we'll, we'll bring our old, my buddy Will on too. He'll, he'll hop on with us. <laughs> so yeah, we we will figure out a way to get Samos Moss to the 2026. Hey, David, there you go. If they're in Philly, he's going. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like it, you know, it, it's something that most people only get to experience you know, once, maybe twice in a lifetime. And I mean, we were all young. Earl might not even been born the last time it was here. So, um, you know, it's I was only uh, like five. So. Yeah. So yeah, when was the last time it was 94? I was one year old. Nice. <laughs> um, so I mean, obviously, with with all the sites around the U.S., I mean, there, there's different places we could potentially get potentially get to. You know, uh, you know, Texas. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to go down to Mexico, but I mean, that might be a little iffy on the on the travel. But um, yeah, it's 2026. So most Moss will be there covering the World Cup live. So. Unless uh, we we are no longer a podcast, heaven forbid. <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> uh, but I imagine we'll still be a podcast at least in some capacity, and we will be going. Yep. Yeah, looking forward to that, um, guys. I mean, round the sixteen is done. Quarterfinals this weekend. Um, I mean, do we want to uh, do predictions real quick? Yeah. Are we... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Round quarterfinal predictions: Netherlands, Argentina. That's the toughest one for me. Um, I think I think the other three, I the other three, I might not be right, but I at least am like, no, I'm I'm saying this team. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say I'm, uh, Netherlands. Netherlands, all right. Jacob's Netherlands. Netherlands. Earl, who you got? Netherlands. Netherlands, all right. Well, I'm gonna go against you, boys. I think Argentina's got enough here. Um, They've they've started to come on a little bit stronger, so yeah, I think Argentina. So, so we'll take that there. Looks like Dave is throwing up three lions in chat. England over France. Interesting. All right. I mean, let's we'll, we'll go and hop into that one. England France, probably one of the best matchups of the World Cup so far. It is going to be good. France is going to win, but uh, it is going to be good. <laughs> and part of me is saying that because I predicted them to win before the tournament started. Mm-hmm. Um, 
part of me is saying it because I mean they just they look really freaking good. Um, but I definitely have a soft spot for Harry Kane. Um, at the very least, Harry Kane. At least I, I don't really care for anybody. Ju- Harry Kane and Jude Bellingham are the only players on that team that I I can even really stand. So, um, but I, I got to go France there. All right. Earl, who you got? England or France? France, France. All right. If you copy um, every single one of my pictures, I'll be pissed. <laughs> well, no, um, go first next time. Then there you go. I'm gonna like keep this up um, for the. Rest I was of waiting for it, honestly. <laughs> the fact that he said three lions, I was like, uh, "Do you know the hurricane is like the the kind of face of the three lions a little bit?" I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jude Bellingham probably is for this tournament, but. Um, so I, I've got France going to the final. Um, I have so France I, winning it all. I'm gonna I'm gonna take France here. I mean, I like the fact that England has England looked good in their two wins. Um, they didn't say look great great against us, um, but okay, okay. But yeah, I think France is just a, just a more talented side. I think they are. Um, I mean, you've got doesn't Saka play for Arsenal? Yes. Um, you've got bona fide scoring threats in Mbappe and, and Giroud. Uh, yeah, England. I've got England, or I'm sorry, France. I've got France. England just doesn't have enough here this year. I think 2026 is going to be a good year for England. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Portugal, Morocco. Does Morocco get the upset? I mean, you already know I'm going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- this might be a heart pick over a head pick for the most part, but um, as as good as Portugal looked, uh, Morocco has has a. Uh, they, they just have a way. I'm going to let Earl go while I look something up real quick, and then I'll be back. All right. Earl. Good, because he's already spoiled his pick, um, and I'm going actually completely opposite of the son of a bitch. Going <laughs> Portugal. <laughs> Portugal. All right. Earl's got per- Portugal. You're Earl, to go a little bit longer there, Earl. Earl, does, uh, does Ronaldo start this one, or does he come off the bench again, and what sort of impact does he have on this? Um... Yeah, I think he starts. I think it was a one-game punishment for the way he acted like a little baby. Um, so you don't think it was a tactical thing they've been working on for a few days? Oh, of course not. <laughs> and that's a great stat there, uh, David. Morocco's only conceded once the entire tournament, and it was an, and it was an own goal. So Yeah, I, I, I think Portugal takes it. I also, like I said, I do think Ronaldo does start, especially with this being his last... Hoorah. I mean, it's the last World Cup for him. Um, and with Morocco playing Morocco way, I mean, a good chance that they could lose. I, I think he gets a start for what could be the last time. Yeah. That, you know, Ronaldo, let's see. He is, I also think he will have to. I do think he will also have to be peeled off of the pitch in order to be subbed off. <laughs> like, they will have to have a sniper ready to take him out. Yeah, I mean, he'll be he'll be uh, 40, 41 by the time the next World Cup comes around. So, I mean, he'd have to pull a Tom Brady to keep going. Um, so, who knows? Um, yeah. Um, so, so, Morocco has made it to the quarterfinals. And there are four matches so far. They've had 35, 33, 41, and 23% possession. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the definition of, of possession means little to nothing in the game of soccer. 
Um, actually, I think the USA game was the definition of Japan uh, was like that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had we had several clubs, but Morocco has done it. Uh, where like like David said, only conceded once all tournament. Um, and it's it's because they they know how to sit back and defend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of teams don't know how to do that, and so um, you you see Morocco sit back, not give up any goals. And then be able to spring forward when they need to. Obviously, they didn't do that in the Spain game, but then they got to penalty kicks, and and their goalkeeper looked like a giant in the in the goal there, and and made all the saves that he needed to make. So, I just have a lot of faith in this Morocco team to to kind of be the the shocker of this of this World Cup, and and I think they make it to the semis. All right, interesting pick there. Um, I, I like the heart pick there, Jacob. I do. I like the heart pick. I it's just a little think, bit head. It's a little. But bit you're head. stupid. <laughs> David uh, Crawl. Uh, Japan only had 19 percent possession during their group stage. Yeah, it, it was just insane. Like the way some of these teams played, giving up as much possession as they did. See, that's a that's a fun fact right there about 19 percent because that's about the same amount of brain cells that Jacob's using right now, picking Morocco over Portugal. <laughs> All right, when it happens, Earl. <laughs> Um, I just, I look at this and yeah, Portugal that's going to be Ronaldo's last raw, whether I don't, I think he starts whether or not he makes a significant impact. I, I don't know because he's had little to no impact so far. Um, yeah, he's got, you know, I think he's got what, two goals. Yeah. And, yeah. Two goals for Ronaldo. He would have um, had three. He would have had his third today, but he got called off. I'm sorry. He has one. He only has one goal. Oh, cause um, he got called today. Yeah. So, um, fucking meth bugs. So yeah, I just, but I just don't know. I don't know how much of an impact Ronaldo actually has on this. I mean, obviously he's going to draw a lot of attention no matter what. Um, he's not starting guys. I I'm going to go with Portugal in this one. I'm going to go with Portugal. I'm you not guys did both say he was going to start, right? I said, I don't know if he does. I, I think he will, he but that's crazy no. to me. They they put up five before he came in, or yeah. four before they came in. No, I, I don't agree. see how he starts. I mean, if it was a punishment type thing, then he more than likely gets to start. You know, uh, especially with it potentially being his last World Cup game. So, well, yeah, that's what they said on Fox Sports, uh, like at noon. Um, was who's watching fact- this on Fox Sports? I'm not. This guy. I have. I watched, no sound. I watched. Pe- I watched Peacock and the Spanish version all day today because I just couldn't take the Fox yeah. Sports anymore. No, yeah, I get it. I okay, I got it. Okay, we're doing this last prediction. I got one more question for you. So, uh, Brazil, Croatia. Um, Earl, we'll start with you. Everybody's Croatia, right? Um, is this like an open scrimmage for Brazil? Pretty much. I think it's going to be closer than y'all are thinking, but Brazil. I do think Brazil gets by. But I, Brazil, and I do believe be that Neymar uh, embarrasses like half of the team and half of the supporters that would be there. And probably juggles the ball over the uh, creation of manager's head. And rumor has it he's still juggling that ball. Richarlison is going to put one off the scoreboard, come back down, and he's going to put it through the back netting. That's what's going to happen, you know. So, yeah, it's, this is Brazil. Like this is Brazil's match to win. Like this is their tournament. I've got Brazil winning the entire thing. So, yeah, you're done. I don't see them I don't beating think that's Croatia. Coming. No, dude, Brazil and France are the two deepest sides in this tournament, and it's going to come down to the two of them. Like it really is. And I think I think England is actually deeper than France right now. 
because France has a bunch of injuries, but mm-hmm. I, I think top end talent is where France gets everybody. Because I mean, we've seen Mbappe; he's already got five goals, yeah, uh, in four matches here. He just has been on fire, and so, and then Giroud with the fifty-two uh, to take over the top spot. Did, I, did, did you guys see the picture? I mean, of of Mbappe and and Giroud. Oh yeah, Giroud scored. Where Mbappe is holding it, or Drew's holding Mbappe up. I mean, that if that's not love, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If I'm you guys, if a woman's not looking at me like that, I don't want anything to do. With it. <laughs> if Taz, Does Allie if, look at you like that? If Taz doesn't look at you like that, Earl, GTFO. <laughs> um, I, I do have I do have one final question for get out. Now, so once the U.S. got eliminated, how glad were you that, they, that the pundits stopped talking about it? Like, I haven't watched Fox since then. I, I'm telling. Look, I, I'm all for the U.S. I was, I was extremely excited for them. I just couldn't take the the talking heads on Fox and the but constant do you, interruptions. Do you and, think that the BBC isn't doing that with England, or that the French? No, their their coverage is actually quite good. The BBC radio coverage is actually quite good. Um, that's what I've been listening to mostly. Um, but like, just like the constant reminders of the U.S. matches and the U.S. Is, look, I get it. I get it. Like Fox was given the rights to to it, but like there's so many other stories and things going on. Like you don't have to constantly be talking about the U.S. I'm sorry. Like I was glad that it finally stopped. America, Seth. America. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, do you guys have any anything else to add to that or America? Mark. Okay. Your eyebrows and your your like, America. America. America, Earl. <laughs> I don't know what Earl's doing. But anyway, all right. I think that's going to just about do us do that. Do it for us this evening. I'm not Jacob. leaving here until Earl says America. <laughs> Earl. Just carry on, motherfuckers. America. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Jacob, get us out of here. Uh, David, uh, thank you for coming in. Adding a little spice to this, uh, Robert. Um, I guess thank you. Thank uh, you, thank you, Robert. That, that's what Jacob really meant to say. Yeah, uh, we're we're almost there. I mean, it's been I, I, how many matches have been played? I, I thought I saw somewhere it was like in the fifties. Uh, 